All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with Army. I'm your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And today is a bit of a spicy topic, maybe. Um, Probably just a little bit. Uh, But there's just been a lot of discussions about BTS and their friendships in the music industry. And we thought, you know what, it's time we put our two cents into this because I feel like once again, we're having the same conversation over and over again. Yeah, this was originally going to be episode 55, but then because of Jin being in Argentina and Jungkook being in Qatar and, you know, the couple of incidents that were happening at that time, we had decided to push for the um, the fan etiquette episode instead because it was just very important and relevant at the time. But now we can do this one. And it's been a couple of weeks since the original discourse of this, but it's still pretty relevant. Um, what it's did even spark back. this idea? Yeah, yeah, it's going to come back anyway. So it's not like it really matters in particular. And what it originally sparked the idea for this discourse um, was when Jin was on that show. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, uh but he was on that show where basically he was like playing drinking games with that girl. And it was very, very funny, very cute. Um, and during that time, he had talked a little bit about, um, you know, his friends, you know, his friend's circle in particular and like uh, how many friends he has. And we'll get to that a bit later, but that's basically what had sparked the original idea for this episode. So hopefully... Um, when we do this episode, uh, we can basically talk about all that we want to talk about, then close this chapter, and then we never have to talk about it again, because that's usually the goal with these podcast episodes. Yes, we want to talk about something, and hopefully it covers everything to the point where uh, this can just be used as a like citation source. Um <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't, don't even have to keep repeating ourselves because we can just, um, say, listen to this episode and then we're done. So, yeah, let's get to it. Um, first of all, if we sound a bit tired, it's because we are. It is pretty late at night, um, and I was working today, so I got home late, and so... Um, we're a bit tired, but never too tired to have BTS discourse, um, especially when it involves um, bitter K-pop stands on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yep. So apologies in advance if we don't make sense. We will blame that on the fact that it is late at night, but we will hope that this episode is coherent enough for you guys to understand. But yeah, I think that... With all that out of the way, we can just get straight into the episode. So I guess to kind of give context to the situation, maybe we could probably just talk about BTS's, you know, history of friendships slash relationships with others within the industry and uh, just kind of go from there. And we're not going to talk about every single 
friendship or acquaintance that they may have within uh, the industry, but we're going to try and give you enough examples where you kind of get the idea. Yeah. Um, so let's just start off with um, going back. We can just start with um, Namjoon and uh, Yoongi because they, you know, their history with music and peers in the music industry is going to go back the furthest uh, because they started their music careers the earliest. Yeah, and of course, as we all know, Namjoon and Yoongi were underground rappers before they were in BTS. Namjoon going by the name Runch Ronda and then Yoongi going by the name Gloss. And so since the, I would say, mid to late 2000s was around the time when they began their music career. Um, And... Obviously, you've heard of Namjoon and Yugi talk about how they used to have a lot of friends within the underground. And I will put underground friends in asterisk because obviously, as time went on in BTS, uh, slowly, uh, you know, distanced themselves from the underground community as they debuted as K-pop idols. They received a lot of backlash from the underground community because of the fact that they debuted as idols. And so they did end up losing a lot of their friends during that time. And if you've been in ARMY for a while, you would know that. And so there aren't really many I can think of who, like by name, that I know are friends with Namjoon and Yugi. The only one I can think of um, with the case of Namjoon in particular is Zico, um, because he had been doing collaborations with Namjoon. I think there was like one song he did with Namjoon, maybe maybe like 2008 or 9, I think. Yeah, it was um, a pre-debut song, um, and I don't remember like what exactly the song was about, I just, um, remember, it it had to be, like, 2000, it was, like, 2008, like, Namjoon was, like, 14 years old. I know, he was a baby, he was out here literally collecting rappers left and right, you know, just completely slaying music as he does. And he was a literal teenager. He was a child. And it actually just, it really baffles me how they're able to put themselves out there. You can really hear it. Um, if you want to know what song it's called, um, it's called F Cockroaches. And <laughs> you can probably find it on YouTube for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Their pre-debut work is super interesting, especially just to hear, like, how much they've grown since then, because 2008, that was over 10 years ago. It's actually almost 15 years ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) So his musical journey is, like, 15... Oh, no, actually, I think he's been doing rapping since 2007, so actually 16 years long. And imagine the amount of growth that he's had between 2007 and 2022. Mind you, he's about to drop a new album very, very soon. And so, like, imagine listening to Namjoon's third album, RM3, whenever that comes out, and then going back to, like, his pre-debut work. Imagine, like, 
Oh, like, it would be so cool to actually do that. I think I might actually do that when his album comes out. No, we should do that. Honestly, it would be nice to, at some point, just do that as, like, a whole, just, like, whole episodes idea, episode ideas to do, um, just, like, individual member discography breakdowns when they all come out with their albums and stuff. Oh, yeah, maybe even, like, a then versus now comparison. Mm-hmm. I think it's great, and it's going in the idea bank. So, yeah, I would say, you know, I feel like from what I tried searching, you know, Zico and Namjoon, they don't seem to have, like, a very loud friendship, but there seems to be some mutual respect and acknowledgement as fellow musicians it was also nice of Zico to shout out June when he posted a screenshot of um, life goes on on his Instagram back when that came out so there's definitely uh there's definitely a good rapport between them yeah, unfortunately, I don't know anyone by name that is still friends with Yungi from the underground days. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other, you know, another person from the underground technically is what, not even technically he was, but um, Supreme Boy. But he's still, he's not still underground anymore because obviously he works at Big Kid as an in-house producer now. Um, he's not so much on BTS's work often, that's mainly kind of P-Dog's domain, but he does work with BTS from time to time on their more rap-heavy songs, which are usually just like rap line unit songs, and then I think he's also gone to work for a couple of other big hit slash hype artists, but I don't remember which ones in particular. It may have been like something like TXT or N-Hypen, I can't it's remember specifically. and hypen Supreme Boy seems to be all over and hypens music. While um, mm. TXT uh, Slow Rabbit is their go-to. Right. It seems like as there have been more groups added under Big Hit slash Hive, um, all of these groups kind of have their main in-house producer that they work with. For BTS, it happens to be P-Dog, TXT, it happens to be Slow Rabbit, so I guess Supreme Boy is kind of on in-hyphen's work now. But yeah, he was, um, you know, one of the original trainees for BTS. So in an alternate universe, he actually would have been a member of BTS, but he decided uh, not to continue with that. And he decided to work as a producer instead. And he's been a producer at Big Hit pretty much ever since, since the very beginning. Yeah. And I haven't heard, you know, of uh, Namjoon or Yoongi or anyone in particular hanging out with him super, super recently. But within the past couple of years, I think maybe Namjoon mentioned, like, going out with him to, like, I don't know, some restaurant or bar, like, at one point. I don't remember. But they have hung out in their free time. And then I think that is kind of as far back as that goes for like old old business friends now we're gonna get into the k-pop friends slash acquaintances because a lot of people will say oh well you know bts are friends with so and so so you should 
you know, be supportive of them or not be mean to them or blah, 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 blah. And so we're just going to go over some of those friendships and how they started, kind of like where they're at, like why people say these people are friends. Because I think the biggest issue that a lot of people can't seem to comprehend is like two things. The first one being... Just because, you know, two people mention each other and, like, maybe they've, like, hung out once or twice, like, doesn't mean they're close friends. Like, people like to think that, like, every idol that, like, hangs out with another idol, that has to mean they're best friends. And if, like, they're, like, seen over and over again together, then, like, yeah, that makes sense. But if they're mentioned once in an interview from, like, five years ago and haven't been since, like, they're not besties. Right. Um, And that's something that we're going to get into a little later. But for now, we're going to go into, like, a list of k-pop friends slash acquaintances that bts in general have and this may not be everyone i'm sure we're probably missing a couple of idols here and there but just to give you an example of like the type of people that bts have been seen with who maybe they've hung out with multiple times or maybe seem to have you know some good chemistry when they do interact in stuff like music shows award shows blah 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 so the first and most obvious one is of course going to be got seven because um got seven they're roughly the same age as bts they debuted around the same time i think got seven is only like a year older than bts no and are they a year later Oh, sorry, did I say older? Yeah. I meant younger. <laughs> no, no, you're, <laughs> That's no, no, what I no, meant. you're good. Yeah, so they debuted in 2014 yeah. and BTS <laughs> debuted in 2013. So they're a year apart, um, but they're very close in age. And they're always seen, they were always seen interacting with each other when they were present at award shows. Also in 2015, they had a collab stage for, I think it was either MMA or Mama, one of the two. Um, and they are just, they, they just like, whenever you see them, they just genuinely look like they're friends. I think that their friendship was really strong. If you were in ARMY in like 2015, 2016, all like the backstage footage of like BTS and GOT7, it was fun. Yeah, it was all super fun. And also, uh, Jackson and Namjoon in particular have been seen on multiple occasions, especially like on multiple different shows. Uh, for example, uh, Namjoon and Jackson were, I think, on Problematic Men together. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, just one example of a show that they were on together. And, you know, you can also see them in like uh, backstage interviews as well. And also Jungkook and Yugyeom uh, from GOT7 uh they are friends as well um because both of them are the same age they're in a same age group chat with um a couple of other k-pop members from other groups um i am gonna have to double check from our list who's who because i kind of grouped a bunch of people um, together yeah, depending so on the group but it's gonna be jaehyun from nct um mingyu and dokyum and Minghao from Seventeen, and then Yunwoo from Astro. Yeah, so those uh, idols oh, are and then all... Like, the- 
We said Yu-Gi-Oh, but like Bam Bam from GOT7 also in that. Yeah, so Bam Bam from GOT7 is also in that group chat. So all of those idols just mentioned, um, including Jungkook, are in a 97 liner group chat because they're all born in 1997. And Jungkook had talked about it in like 2016. Uh, I don't know if it's still active now, but if it is, honestly, I'd be impressed because it does take a lot of effort to maintain a group chat because if y'all aren't on the same wavelength of, you know, keeping it active, then eventually it's just going to die out. And I can imagine it must be like super hard for them because all of them are just like mad busy because, you know, the life of idols, they're always doing stuff, having schedules, whether it's like doing stuff that's music related, maybe they're trying to film a commercial or do some sort of photo shoot, like... So I wonder if it's still active to this day. I don't know. But, um, you know, at the time, those were, like, Jungkook's, like, main friends that people knew about. I think they recently, like, posted a photo either. I feel like it had to have been this year. Oh, actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, in 2020, they did go to a restaurant together. I don't know if it was the entire group chat, mm -hmm. but, like, that general friend group, like, all of them were seen hanging out, like, somewhere around, like, early to mid-2020. Um, I don't actually know. I don't remember the specific date, but I just remember it was around the time that the whole uh, Itaewon scandal happened, because it was that specific friend group yeah but there was also i'm pretty sure why do i i am i i feel like they also hung out after that too because yeah there was that scandal which was like really dumb um and we'll, we can probably go over it another time if people are curious um but we just it, it was a bad time and it was honestly a lot of like po more political bs um that yeah um, like it was it was honestly a fake controversy to be honest um just to get people mad it, it really it really was ridiculous um but i i feel like there was like a time after that that like they hung out so like i i couldn't find um their most recent hangout time but i think think overall um they they seem to be um i guess close still or like at least friends still um if they have hung out at least within you know the past year yeah and um yeah i guess moving on from that um aside from got seven and you know jungkook's 97 liner group there's also shiny now i don't know how often they hang out in particular and like i mean the like the uh bts in general hang out with shiny but i do know in terms of like specific friendships i know jimin and taemin uh tended to talk a lot and also minho from shiny also was friends with V because they both acted in Huarang together and so they were part of the same cast and so that's why they um those two in particular managed to get super close and you can you know there's plenty of videos of them together with like the rest of the Huarang cast online um plenty of interviews for you to watch as well they're all very cute um and yeah um that's what I can think about from Shiny and then moving on we have Super Junior 
there's Heechul from Super Junior who um, is close with Yoongi. And then I just remembered Lee Tuk was the one who was close with J-Hope's family at the very least. Because um, I know he had, um, I think it was like his family was close with J-Hope's family or something like that. I don't know if J-Hope in particular is friends with him, but I just know that Lee Tuk is close to J-Hope's family. Um, yes, I do remember that. It was it was like just like kind of like a coincidence thing. I think he like had learned it recently. Um I'm trying to think. Um It was that J Hope's mom had sent him a signed BTS album. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah. I I but I remember um he he like just came across like his parents and then that happened. So yeah. I I, I don't know if I would like consider them friends but they um there's a that, connection but it's been yeah there's a connection there mm. yep and then after that there is kihyun from monster x who is uh friends with yoongi and um there are a couple of instances you can see them interacting with each other on stage during music shows um so there's that and then there's also uh, Kang Daniel, Ha Sung Woon, and Park Joon from 101. Um, uh, BTS members are friends with uh, those uh, members of 101. Uh, Kang Daniel um, and Ha Sung Woon in particular, I know Jimin is friends with because um, Jimin had once promoted, I think, Kang Daniel's song on oh, Twitter. That was, like he that had was, screenshotted that was it. Sung Woon's song. Oh, was it? Ah, mm-hmm. oh, dang it. I keep getting them mixed up. Um, then who was it who was close to Kang Daniel? Uh, so Kang Daniel, um, he had mentioned that um, Yoongi had reached out to him at one point oh, yeah. um, for them to connect. And um, and so they, they had been in contact for a bit. And it, it was funny, in, in another show, uh, he was like exposing Yoongi, saying like he's such a homebody and it's like, safe. <laughs> Honestly, like, I feel like whenever I'm at home, I just, I'm possessed by the spirit of Yugi to just be so relaxed. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't me saying that Yugi's like antisocial or anything. I know the dude's got friends. Right. He gets around. Like, do you see how many places he goes to? Like, this man was all over the US the last time he was here. But like, I feel like I just adopt his sort of like mm-hmm. laid back energy when I'm at home. But yeah, and then. Yeah. And so Sangwoon, um, yeah, so there was that one song that Jimin promoted for him and then him and Jimin collaborated on a song right. with you absolutely obsessed with that song <laughs> still I still right. listen to it constantly mm. yeah it's such a it's such a good song and I remember um I believe when they were talking about um I think when someone was talking about like how the song came to be I think he had reached out to Jimin first and then um asked if he was interested in singing OST and then Jimin was like oh I'll do it because it's with you um because you know Jimin seemed to like not be overly fond of the idea of an OST but then because someone was doing it he was like oh well since you're doing it then I'll collab with you and so you can see just from that interaction that Jimin clearly does um you know at least hang out with him or at least not like at least talk to him on the regular like he 
um, is friends with him. And then Park ji who was friends with Park ji Park ji was, I think it was Jungkook. Um, oh, yes, it was. Or was yeah. it? No, 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 no. I lied. It was with Taehyung because Jihoon had said at one point that him and Taehyung had just like crossed paths, I think at like an award show or something, and that they became basically like online gaming buddies. Ah, uh, right, right, right. That's true. Because everybody knows that Taehyung is very much a gamer. He loves playing video games. And so that story, like, not surprising to me in the least. Honestly, gaming buddies are honestly the greatest way to enjoy video games. If you have any online games, I suggest you make some friends. It's always fun to play with an extra player. Um, and then after that, we've got Ty from EXO because he was part of this one friend group that Jimin was in which was called the padding squad I don't remember who the other members of the padding squad were though um the padding squad was it had Taemin and Kai and then it had um um and then it had it had um also, uh, um, a member of, I feel like Vix's Robbie was in that. Um, I feel like I could be making that up, but I don't think I am. And then Sungwoon, Ha Sungwoon, who we just talked about, um, was actually, he was also in the padding squad, and that's how Jimin got added to the padding squad, because... Sung Woon was in that and then brought Jibin into it. Right. Um, and so there is that friend group. Although I haven't seen any recent hangouts from Jimin with Kai. So I don't know if they only hang out when, you know, they're within that friend group or maybe they like drifted apart. I'm not entirely sure. But from, you know, the last I saw of when they were hanging out, I don't remember the last time they hang out. It was like years and years ago before the I pandemic. Think, I mean, yeah, but. So, like, I don't think we've seen, like, pictures of them hanging out, but in, like, the BTS, like, albums and, like, the Thanks To section, Jimin would mention them, which is mm. why I think people would still, will, will still bring them up. <laughs> right, so I assume that they're, you know, still keeping in contact. That's, that's what I'm assuming. And then, um... Let's see who else. There's also Sando from B1A4, who is friends with Jin. Um, and then there's also Ken from Vix, who was friends with Ken. Oh, so that, you're just reading a whole nother group chat. <laughs> so <laughs> there <laughs> is, so a few years back, there was a 92 liner group chat. And in it was Jin. And then Sandul from B1A4, Ken from Vix, Hani from EXID, and Moonbill from Mamamoo. And, like, they have, like, a 92-liner group chat. Oh, yeah, that's true. So there's the 97-liner group chat and then the 92-liner group yes. chat. And then also you have, like, the padding squad. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to get into another friendship group a little bit later. But that, um, and then I, I guess the last person on the list of K-pop 
would be Eric Nam. And if you have been in ARMY for a while, you know that BTS and Eric Nam go way, way back. Um, they started back. going on his show, The After School Club, since 2013. And they've been on that show uh, a few times. And they've also been in contact a lot since then. Um, they also went on another one of his shows. Um, I don't remember what it was called specifically, but that one where they were in pajamas. I know. I would, I That is honestly such a good hidden gem. I feel like... It's it not is. really talked about um, too much in terms of like, oh, like what, what, you know, what BTS content um, should, you know, we watch to like get into BTS and stuff and referring to like variety show content. And that, that show was like so much fun. And I'm going to look it up what it's called because I really think, oh, a uh, Yang Nam show. Uh, so yes. all you have to do is search BTS Yangnam show. It'll pop up on YouTube. It has subtitles. Um, it's like 45 minutes. And it's one of my, I think it's like one of my favorite, um, like favorite uh, appearances they made back in 2016. Because that was during when they were promoting Wings and stuff. And like 2016 and 2017 were a very interesting time for BTS because Big Hit was like really experimenting. And I think BTS as well was like wanting to go on different variety shows and stuff. Because um, they, we, we talked about this before in our, um, in one of our earlier episodes about like Korean broadcasting stations and stuff like that. But like BTS did try and do like variety shows. Um, and I think they just didn't like it, <laughs> which is why yeah. it always really annoyed me that, like, newer armies who, like, come in and see, like, all these other K-pop groups going on variety shows and BTS not doing it and thinking that, like, oh, why don't, you know, it's not fair that, like, Hive never sends them on these shows. And it's, like, I genuinely think BTS don't like to. <laughs> right. They, they just, they just, they just didn't like it. Um, and if you know the history of how BTS would get treated behind the scenes on things, I think we can all know why they just didn't like it. They prefer being together, making variety show content together on their own time, on their own schedule. And BTS run is great. So everyone who ever complained, um, I hope your pillow is hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because honestly, thinking back to all of their multiple appearances on variety shows in 2016 to 2017, some of them were like unit appearances, like they would go in like groups, um, sometimes like duos or like in threes to different variety shows, sometimes solo as well. And I think after, like, experimenting, um, they just decided, you know what, I think we're done. And then they kind of just didn't go on variety shows for like maybe another four years the only time they went on a variety show again was when they did knowing bros in 2018 and that was the like pretty much like the only thing they really did and in their knowing bros segment like it was like heechul and then like the host they were saying you know like bts um, they were talking about how BTS are so hard to get on variety shows because BTS don't do them. And then BTS had wanted to do this. And, like, they really wanted to go on Knowing Bros. So, like, they did. Um, 
And then, like, that was, like, kind of, like, it, though. And it's because all of them, like, really wanted to go on the show. Um, and that's about it. And so I think, like, now we're kind of starting to see BTS, like, branch off and do, you know, like, Jin was doing, he's been doing a lot of, like, solo variety work um, recently for his promotions. And I think that is kind of just how Jin is. He's a very sociable person, and he, you know, he's just really funny, and, you know, he likes entertaining people. And so I think it makes sense that he went, like, the variety show route, while, like, Hobie did more of, like, um, going on IU show and doing Lollapalooza and, you know, more kind of, like, music-based, um, like, music-based promotional activities. Like, I think BTS are just at a point in their lives where I think they feel not only more comfortable with, like, where they, they're more comfortable with where they are in their careers. They're just more comfortable and confident in themselves to, like, go out and, like, maybe try these things that um, they feel like they just didn't feel like they had a place for before. So I hope people just keep that in mind when we probably get Namjoon's promotional cycle next because, once again, the promotions are not going to be one-to-one um, it's going to be what they want. Right. Especially because Namjoon is going to be featuring on another show as well. He's going, uh, on that show by himself. And, you know, we've also had, uh, Taehyung going on radio shows and, you know, like all of them are just doing their own thing. Even like Namjoon with this, like, for example, his art podcast features, like you can clearly tell that all of them have their own distinct way of doing things. And so you're definitely going to see that reflected in the way they promote their album and also what shows they go on during their promotional run. But yeah, just, just a little tangent for y'all. Um, and with that, that pretty much concludes like the K-pop idols list. Again, I will remind you that this is probably not everyone and we do not have time for that, but we just want to give you an idea of that. So we're going to go into like the non-K-pop, but still Korean musician friends. And with that, um, we're just going to give a few examples here. But people like, you know, Tiger JK, um, Peak Boy and Peak Boy, um, well, first of all, Tiger JK, he's friends with RM. They also did a collab together um, on Tiger JK's album uh, called Timeless. It's a really good song. Really if you're good. into old school hip hop, then you will find it a really, really good song. Super nostalgic. And Pete Boy um, is also a musician. Um, he's friends with Taehyung. And uh, Taehyung actually uh, did a cameo on uh, one of his music videos like one or two years ago. Um, so there was that, and they're both in the same friend group that's called the Wooga Squad. And the Wooga Squad, um, the members who are in that, aside from Taeyang, obviously, is Peak Boy, then also the actors Park So Joon, uh, Choi Woo Shik, uh, and Park Hyung Shik. And the five of them together, uh, are really good friends. They've been friends for a few years now. Um, all of them, uh, I think have become friends at different times, and then they all, you know, congregated mm -hmm. together to become Wooga Squad. But now they're like really, really close friends and also they have uh the in the soup version. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, so if you don't know, they have an In the Soup version of just the Wooga Squad that is on Disney+. Plus. So if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It's very cute. Um, and it's just a good watch. Um, I totally forgot, but also, um, Taehyung released, um, Snowflower featuring Peak Boy. It is a SoundCloud release, so, um, you can go to BTS the SoundCloud to find that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, BTS's SoundCloud releases are always just a good listen like I feel like it's almost like a secret archive of stuff almost and it always feels great to just kind of go mm-hmm. through all of their SoundCloud listens one day and just like you know just kind of reminisce on like when they were first released I like to do that from time to time but if but, you don't yeah. know it's there you don't know to look for it which is why I bring it up because there's probably new armies that just don't know the treasure hold of stuff that is on their SoundCloud, uh, to be honest. Um, yeah, so if you're new, definitely go and check out their SoundCloud. You will find a ton of hidden gems there, I promise you. Not just original songs, but also covers of songs as well. They post a lot of covers there. Um, and also, um, uh, all f- like the members' uh, first mixtapes as well. Some of them have been cross-posted to Spotify, but not all of the songs made it in for right. copyright reasons. So you will find all of them, all of the tracks on SoundCloud, because um, that's where they were originally posted to. So definitely go do check those out. But um, yeah, aside from them, there's also Epic High. Epic High um, is uh, more friends, I would say, with uh, Namjoon and Yoongi, but more Yoongi in particular, um, because first of all, you know, Epic High, um, the song Fly by Epic High is the reason why Yoongi actually decided that he wanted to become a rapper. He heard that song when he was in like middle school or whatever, and he thought, you know what, let me completely alter the trajectory of my career mm-hmm. right now. And so because of that song, it led him to become the musician that he is today. And so Epic High are quite literally, um, you know, some of his biggest role models and um, Epic High, they get shouted out in hip-hop file um which is a 2014 2014 bts track on dark and wild if you're new and don't know um uh, also hobie mentions them uh i think uh, namjoon and hobie both mention epic high um because they're just such a massive influence within like the korean uh hip-hop uh slash r&b industry and so yeah and yoongi what was that <laughs> we we can edit that out. Um, when my phone <laughs> so listen, when my phone um hits ten percent, I have an automation set to run that tells me to charge my phone. Oh, I was like, I was like, who was that? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Um, okay. So anyway, what was I saying? Ah, yes, Epic High. So. Um, I was basically saying that, oh yes, I remember now, I remember. Uh, they've collabed together, Epic High and Yoongi. They've collabed on multiple different occasions. Um, I don't know why, whenever I try and remember songs, I just always forget the title. Yeah, but... so we got um, Song Request, and that was produced by Tablo, sung by Lee Sora, 
and featured Yungi rapping. And then um, on Epic High's album, um, Sleeping in Blank, um, uh, Yungi produced Eternal Sunshine, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, I, honestly, I love that whole album. I love all of Epic High's albums. I, I just really like all their albums, to be honest. Um, and then, um, there is a secret cameo of Yoongi in one of Epic High's, um, songs. Um, so in their 2017 album, We've Done Something Wonderful, the track No Thanks, um, Yoongi, um, is secretly, um, a part of the hidden vocals, and that was kind of like, um, a little Easter egg. And so, um, if you listen to No Thanks uh, and pay attention, you'll be able to hear his background vocals in that song. And, yeah, to be honest, um, Yugi and, you know, Tablo, they've been su supporting each other for quite a while. Um, there was, like, at one point, it was, like... 2000, maybe like 17, 2016, um, and Tablo had posted that he was listening to Autumn Leaves, which Yugi produced, and so everyone was like, oh my gosh, BTS Epic High Crumbs, this is like absolutely crazy, um, and then, you know, Epic High always took pictures of BTS when like they were rookies, and if you watch you know, all of, like, a lot of backstage content from, like, 2014, you'll see BTS so excited to, um, go, you know, run to see their stage, um, in 2016, Tablo gave Namjoon an autographed copy of the book he wrote, and, um, you, um, you can even, the picture is still up of Namjoon, like, hugging the book, he posted that on Twitter, when Yoongi um, went to the Billboard Music Awards um, and he had like his little name badge, um, Yoongi, you know, sent a message to Tablo about it on Instagram and like Tablo said he was proud of him. So like that relationship, it really just goes, um, it just really has just been there for so many years. Um, and it's just, it's one of my favorite friendships, to be honest. Right. And I'm pretty sure one of them in like an interview, remember when they were explaining like one of the members, like greatest like features and like they answered that he had Namjoon's phone number or something. Oh yeah. That was really funny. Um, they were, it was just like, I think it was maybe like some type of like BuzzFeed-esque type of interview. Um, and it was just like, oh my gosh, I can't remember the question. It was, it was about like some sort of like what most like valuable thing like they had or something. something I think it was like, like their best quality. I was like their best quality, something like that. And Tabla was like, I have Namjoon's phone number. 
Yeah, it was like one of them had Namjoon's phone number and he was like, yeah, I mean, he was like, I'm not saying it's the best quality, but this is the only quality. <laughs> and his answer was that he had Namjoon's phone number. <laughs> and so that was funny. But yeah, um, so Epikai, definitely really good friends uh, with BTS, especially Namjoon and Yoongi. And then the next person is Sai for very obvious reasons. Um, you know, obviously you have Sai and Yoongi with their that that collab, um, the fact that they even came together and created something so epic, um, I think was just really cool. And also Taehyung and Sai in particular are really good friends. And you can even see like some Sai Taehyung crumbs from like 2015 or 2016 when they were both, I think Sai had won like a music award, like they were on a music show. Mm -hmm. And then um, when uh, Sai was accepting his award and like his encore song came on, then like Tae was like there dancing right next to him. I mean, the rest of BTS was too, but like Tae was the most energetic. Like. He was ready. He was ready. He was waiting for that moment. And then, you know, Psy was always congratulating BTS for, like, all their Billboard accomplishments throughout, you know, 2017 Mm. and on. So it just felt like a very genuine collaboration uh, to take place. Yeah, and I feel like it just meant a lot to them specifically because, like, like, that was a point where even in the beginning phases of their ascent into mainstream like they had already surpassed you know a lot of what Psy was able to do obviously it wasn't until um 2020 that they got their first billboard hot 100 number one but like in terms of um their growth and like just the trajectory of their career in general they had already broken a lot of records that Psy had previously held within the Western music industry and been nominated for awards that Psy had never been nominated for. So like it was at this point where like they really didn't have anyone in the industry to look up to or to figure out like how they can also move forward. And so like and especially on top of that, you know, there was like all of the discourse that was going on within the K-pop community about BTS selling out and how they were looking for Western validation and how so many people were just not supporting them the way that they should be. And still Psy went out of his way to be supportive of them. And I think that probably meant a lot to them at the time. And it still does, considering the fact that they still do collaborate and hang out with Psy. So definitely really good friends there. And then the next person is Crush, and obviously we all know why, because Crush and Hobie have recently collabed, and, you know, it seems like they have really good chemistry, and Hobie seems to really enjoy his music, and all that kind of stuff, so that's a very obvious answer. And also Jesse and um, if you don't know who Jessie is, um, she is a... Um, She's a female rapper in the Korean hip hop slash R&B industry. And um, she has known, well, at least I think the first time that her and B has ever interacted, I'm pretty sure, is that one commercial they did together in iconic. 2015. Mm-hmm. It was iconic. Um, if you don't know the commercial I'm talking about, it's for some sort of data coupon commercial for like phones or whatever, but it it was a good commercial. I yeah, loved it. Yeah, it was definitely. And, I think it was like just like an SK Telecom, um, yeah, like type of data card. If you just search BTS Jesse commercial, um, it'll, it'll show up. It'll show up. Um, wow. Honestly, the memories of like 
being in army in 2015 2016 it was great it, it, it was it's so great to like remember these remember these things um and being able to remember them so we can tell all of you about it because it was definitely a fun a very fun time and you know jesse she would always speak about bts really positively on instagram and always say that you know she believes that you know they're one of like the most genuine k-pop groups in the fact that like their friendship and like their bond is so tight it is so real and you know say how like Namjoon's just like such a great leader and all of that so um yeah and then um i believe um jesse was 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 at the jack in the box party i think she was she was at the listening party yeah she was at the listening party so yeah that that's also um a pretty nice i'm pretty sure tiger jk might have been there as well i'm pretty sure he was a lot of people were there um, I, Hyanna was there, Sunmi was there, <laughs> like, everyone was there, it was absolutely insane. Like, I wouldn't have even been surprised if I was invited at that point, like, everyone was there. <laughs> everyone was there. Right, and yeah, she's been in contact with them, you know, all these years, and I remember even back when she was talking about them after they had done that commercial together, um, I believe it was like an Instagram live, and she was talking about uh, kind of like what you said about like how genuine they are, and she was like talking about how there are a lot of groups who kind of only act close on camera but like when in the case of bts when she was working with them she was talking about how once the cameras were off like they literally didn't change at all like they were still equally as friendly and as nice and kind to each other as they were when the cameras were on and that's when she knew that like they were a genuine group and you know obviously the fact that she was even at j-hope's listening party like it goes it just goes to show you that you know she's still friends with them and you know that was you know what she was talking about in terms of like namjoon being such a genuinely good person and a good leader and like being so mature and you know i remember she just kept on talking about how like oh jimin he's such a good kid like jimin's such a good kid and i just find that like so adorable because she is older than um how old is she yeah, i actually? think she's Let me an check. 89 liner yeah, like she was born. Yeah, she was born uh, uh nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight. Sorry. Yeah. So she's older than all of BTS. So like BTS are like basically like younger brothers to her, and like you can clearly see the dynamic because she said that like when the first time the first time she ever met them because this was back in like twenty fifteen. So this was seven years ago. She said that like they were practically babies back then, especially like the younger members like Jungkook and stuff. But like now she's like talking about how like they've grown up and she's witnessed that change over the years, and it's it's. It's just really good to see um and then obviously you know cannot forget so Taji, who is basically the father of k-pop and um you know he has been somebody who is credited with the beginnings of k-pop within the early 1990s and um of course he's been doing his own thing but then if you have been around then you will remember that he had invited BTS to 
uh, collaborate with him in his concert for his 25th anniversary back in 2017. And BTS were backup dancers and they also uh, rapped and sang with him. Um, in fact, one of his songs, Come Back Home, was remade by BTS. Um, and you can check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, just look for Come Back Home BTS and you'll find it. And on top of that, um, he had also basically passed the torch on to BTS um, at that concert and said, this is your generation now. So basically he was giving props to BTS for being basically the pioneer of the global success that K-pop has today, which is mostly in part due to BTS's success, but again, different conversation. But, you know, just the fact that they were able to do that and like come together, like it's clear that Sotaji had been watching them and, you know, has a lot of respect for them. And, you know, you can even see in like the behind the scenes clips of the making of the concert and stuff that like Yoongi, um, you know, uh, Sotaji had basically invited Yoongi to his house, you know, one day, you know, in case they ever wanted to talk about music or to just hang out or whatever. So that was, that was a really cool interaction to have between like basically two giants of the industry. Right. But yeah, I think that pretty much concludes the K musicians. And so we're gonna um, move on to, I guess, Western musicians. Um, and these ones are, you know, pretty obvious, um, especially if you've been a fan in recent years, because these are quite recent friendships, I would say within like the last five years at the very most. And so you have friendships like Halsey, which of course you've seen, you know, when they collab together for Boy With Love. And honestly, they've been friends before that, since 2017, actually, since they started promoting in the U.S. officially. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was videos of them from 2017. If you look them up on YouTube, they're probably still there. Um, and they've been friends since. And then obviously they eventually collabed together in 2019 and have uh, performed Boy With Love a couple of times, um, uh, most notably at the BBMAs in 2019. And since then also, um, Halsey has collabed with Yoongi on um, a track on Halsey's album, which is called Suga's Interlude. Um, you can listen to it on streaming platforms. And I think that her and Yoongi specifically have really like clicked um, out of all of them. Namjoon too, because both Halsey and Namjoon are the same age, if you didn't know. But um, her and Yoongi, especially because of that collab that they did together, um, and she said that she like um, listened to his mixtapes and like really um, respected like I guess the rawness of his mixtape and stuff like that they've just hung out um, a lot more I know during the pandemic sometime uh, within the past two years he has visited her and seen her baby that she recently had um, because she had posted it on her Instagram story um, so he definitely sees her in his off time uh, whenever he's in the States, which I think is super cute. Yeah, it is super cute. Um, and, you know, Halsey has done a lot to, you know, defend BTS and armies, And she has just always been, you know, really receptive um, to, you know, the type of, you know, fan base that um the army is and i you know i think because you know she was 
uh, like a directioner at like one point in her life. So she she gets it. She gets the fandom culture. Um, and she just sees it as she understands like the power of fandom and you know just how unfairly labeled uh, female dominant fandoms um, are you know and how like they're viewed uh, in the media and stuff so she she gets it um, and I, I think you know having someone that is not only genuinely kind um, to BTS but also understands why their fans are the way they are, protective the way they are. It's just, it's, it's nice to have. Um, and so that's Halsey. And then also I think BTS's friendship with Megan Thee Stallion is just so cute. I honestly, I wish we could experience the, um, Butter Meg Remix era all over again. Like, that was just such a positive time on the timeline. Oh my god, yes. Especially when we all bullied BTS into changing their layout. That was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like Butter featuring Megan the Stallion was just... It was absolutely insane. Because the way we found out about it was the fact that TMZ had just drop the fact that Megan was trying to win over her label to release the song. And basically the first win we ever got of this collab was from a freaking court case. And so everyone was like, well, what the hell? And so that kind of just, you know, sparked something and everyone just went crazy on the timeline. And of course, good for Megan, she won. And, like, Big Hit, like, they were even, like, trying to help out, like, you know, trying to, you know, see if there was anything they could do from their side, which I thought was really nice of them. And, um, you know, eventually it did come out and everyone was super supportive of it. And, you know, BTS and Megan have hung out when they went to go and visit her in America um, last year. And it was just super, super cute. And, um, you know, on top of that... Um, they had performed the song together in, uh, I think it was day two of the PTD concerts in LA last year in November. Um, and then also, um, what else am I thinking of? Oh yeah, just them talking about like Megan the Stallion in general. Like they always talked about how like she was so like sweet and innocent and all that kind of stuff. And it kind of just like made me super nice to see because i don't know just something about the way that bts just treats women in general but i think like specifically black women in particular like that was a conversation i had had with like a couple other of my black moots on twitter but just like the way that they constantly subvert expectations like for well not well not subvert expectations but more of just like the way they treat black women you know in comparison to like how black women are generally treated by other people i think it's just more refreshing to see especially because a lot of times with black women a lot of people tend to falsely stereotype black women especially within like the rap genre as like aggressive and like just over the top and all that kind of stuff and so like the descriptors that they used for you know talking about megan the stallion and also uh people like lizzo as well um, it was just so different from, you know, what people are used to seeing. And so I think that's what, you know, made a lot of Black armies happy at that fact. 
Um, and on that note, Lizzo, obviously, um, Lizzo is a massive fan of BTS V and Jimin in particular. And, um, if you've been here, you know that they all attended a Harry Styles concert last year and, uh, it was Taehyung, Jimin, uh, J-Hope and, uh, jungkook and they were all sitting next to lizzo and also sizza but this is a different story let me not even you know talk about that but (laughs) (laughs) moving on but but moving on back to lizzo um she is just so uh full of energy i just love you know the way that lizzo kind of carries herself and you know she obviously loves bts and um when she was there um you can see like clips of her you know constantly chatting up with uh b you know bts in in the concert as well and um when they were posting when she was posting pictures of them at the concert then um she would tag it with for example if it was with Taeyong and jimin then she would tag it v menzo i respect the fact that she gave herself a unit a unit name with Taeyong and jimin because if it was me i would have done the exact same thing i don't even care and you know it was just really cool to see them hang out and she also did a cover of butter um if i'm not mistaken she did yeah, yes she did. and then she and, she and she wore a v-man shirt while doing it and i think that that is iconic and then let me see oh where did my screens go oh um and then there is her and um I am still waiting for uh, the collab um, because I am tired of, you know, Namjoon, like, posting these pictures and, like, hinting and it never coming. Um, I think her and BTS, um, they, they have a bit of... Um, they have a bit of, I think, an understanding with both being, um, Asian and a music industry that is, uh, not always the most welcoming of Asian acts. And so, um, you know, she was really excited, you know, to post her pictures, um, with them and she said that you know when BTS um, during the uh, Grammys um, having that presented by BTS made her Grammy award even more special so that was very very sweet mm-hmm. yeah so they presented the award for at the 2018 Grammys and then um, on top of that, they've also um, hung out a bit since then. The most recent thing uh, that they've done was when they were in America earlier this year um, for the White House uh, thing that they were doing. Um, they had hung out with her and also Chris Martin from Coldplay at Dave & Buster's in D.C. Um, and they were also like bowling together. Um, it was it was super cute. Honestly, I really like that. And um Going from that, also Coldplay, um, you know, obviously Coldplay has been, you know, something that is a super meaningful friendship, um, especially because Coldplay um, are, they're like, they're artists that BTS have looked up to for the longest time. And then, you know, eventually last year, they were able to 
collaborate with them on my universe which ended up being such a meaningful project and then on top of that you now have Jin collaborating with Coldplay again for The Astronaut which he just dropped a couple weeks ago and then um yeah and then Jin went to go and perform that in Argentina and then also BTS and Coldplay performed My Universe for the AMAs I believe um back last year and so there have just been like a lot of different things that they have been doing um together for the past one or two years, which I think has just been super cool. And I honestly just really like um this friendship because it really like you can really tell that like such care was taken, especially in terms of making the actual music and you know how it's blossomed into something as great as this. Honestly, like what more could you ask for? Right. And, you know, I also realized that um, there are, you know, some people on this list that, like, BTS have hung out with and they've made music with, but it's never been released still. And yeah. it grinds my gears. Like, Namju- like Rina confirmed her and Namjoon wrote a song together. Because they hung out all the way back in 2018. But that song has not left the vault. Um, wasn't we, I thought we were supposed to get a BTS collab with Khalid. That has not happened. I guess Yoongi was just going on dates with Logic just because. Um, <laughs> because... There, there's, there's no music with that either. So you know what? Thank you, Chris Martin, and Coldplay for you know here, you know, having the astronaut and being like, this is a, such a special song, and I want to give it to Jin as a gift, um, and have that be released, um, uh, right before, because you know we're on a we're on a timeline now. Um, and so to, you know, have these music collaborations, see the light of day, just, it just makes me so happy that they happen. Don't even get me started on whatever the hell that photo was with them, June and Georgia Smith. I'm still here pondering, right? but uh, honestly, I like, I don't, but, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> you know what? Let me not even go there. Let me just move on before I actually start getting upset. But <laughs> The next person on this list, we have Max. And Max, um, obviously, um, he has been very vocal about his friendship with uh, Yoongi. Um, the first time they had ever collabed was for Yoongi's mixtape D2. And um, Max was on the vocals for the song Burn It. And that was a super good song. Honestly, I really just do love... Um, the contrast between you know the vocals and then Yoongi's rap I, I really enjoy it and then they went and collabed again for um Max's song Blueberry Eyes I don't remember if it was the same year or the year after but either way it was a banger it was a good song I and, love um, Blueberry Eyes I know and both of us have Blueberry Eyes merch. we did get the, the merchandise we did get the long sleeve t-shirts they're they're nice like they're good quality. They, they were really good quality. Um, right, I and, still have mine. Uh, yeah, so I still wear mine all the time. Um, so yeah, blueberry eyes, a banger. Um, 
Let me see. Um, so Max, and then of course, um, Steve Aoki, who uh, produced a remix of Mike Drop um, back in 2017, and is arguably um, more popular than like the original Mike Drop version at this point because that had like a music video and everything to go with it. Um, and like three extra dance breaks. And three extra dance breaks, right? Exactly. Um, and and then he also did Truth Untold. And yep, he also produced the Truth Untold, which is probably, honestly, in my opinion, has to be one of his best works because it's so different. Like I would not expect the Steve Aoki that did Wasted on Me and did the Mike Drop remix. Did that do the truth untold? Like, who are you? Mm. Right. And yeah, Wasted on Me was another one, although that was just uh, Namjoon and Jungkook on Wasted on Me. It was still a banger, though. Um, and yeah, like, he's been working with them uh, every once in a while for the past few years, since 2017. He's hinting at and- something with them. Yeah, he seems to be hinting at something. I'm not quite sure what's going on, but if it's something, honestly, I'll I'll take it because you know when they work together, they end up creating like really good music. And so, um, yeah, there's Steve Aoki, and then um, also there is Becky G, and Becky G was on uh, Chicken Noodle Soup with J Hope, and um, honestly, their friendship is so cute. Um, and she came back to perform it with him. Um, at Lollapalooza a few months ago when he was doing Jack in the Box promotions and honestly just to see them dance on stage and you know she's always talking about uh, J-Hope and you know the rest of BTS because she also has met the rest of BTS and uh, they were uh, sitting near each other at the BBMAs this year too Um, so that was another time that they met and I, I, I just really, um, you know, like their friendship. It's just so cute. And honestly, like when they come together, it's like they make music together and it's just like it's a trilingual masterpiece. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, Becky, Becky is so cute. Um, I think that, um, you know, whenever it's like chicken noodle soups anniversary, she posts about it um the she 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 was there for Lollapalooza right and am I making that up mm. yeah 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 she was there yeah she was yeah yeah she was there and so like that was a really cute moment and so I don't know their friendship's just like super cute um and I love to see it and then we're just gonna end um with um Anderson Pac um who uh, is always joking um, about (laughs) how his wife loves BTS more than him. (laughs) Yeah, because um, for those who don't know, his wife is Korean, and um, they had gone to BTS's concert last year, and they had met BTS backstage because uh, their son, Seoul, is also a big fan of BTS. Actually, that's how Anderson Pack even, you know, got into them in the first place. Um, and so uh, they met backstage. And then um, there was this video circulating of them backstage. 
that I think Anderson had filmed and posted, uh, but because he doesn't speak Korean, he doesn't, he didn't actually know what his wife was saying at the time, but basically his wife was taking a picture with Jin, and Jin was trying not to get too close, and then when people were saying that he should get closer, he was uh, saying, oh, it's because she's married, so, you know, I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not trying to get too close, but then his wife was like, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, <laughs> and so then somebody had posted a translation of that conversation in the video, and then Anderson Pack had seen it, and then he was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like he was, like he was dying because his wife was like out here fangirling. He was like, "It doesn't matter that I'm married. You can get close to me, and it's fine." <laughs> it was very funny, but yeah. Aside from that, you know, also the fact that um, BTS had gone to the Silk Sonic concert uh, this year, they had seen each other at the Grammys too, and then aside from BTS's concert. Um, uh, then they also had um, Anderson Pack feature as a guest, uh, a special guest on their Proof uh, live performance. And he was the drummer for Yet to Come, which was just absolutely amazing. I feel like the live, like those, that, that performance of the live rendition of Yet to Come, it's honestly one of my favorite performances. Yeah. Um, it, it just, I don't know. I... People that don't like yet to come are just haters. I'm sorry. Honestly. Like why why were people expecting like a banger um for uh, a compilation album reflecting their careers um as they were probably already discussing and you know planning on going to the military. Um and like, you know, we didn't know that at the time. But, like, I feel like if something's going to be reflective, like, you're not going to be expecting a banger. Um, and and it's a, it's a soft banger in her own right. Um, but I, I just love Yet to Come and For Youth. So, I, I ha- she, she, just, she, she just deserves more love. I'll say that about, like, most BTS songs, so. <laughs> um, and honestly, let's not act like we didn't get Run BTS. Like, be serious, y'all. Come on. Right, exactly. Run BTS should have been in the title. No, it shouldn't have. That doesn't make any sense. Wow, that does not. Like, you. The songs that you like the most, or maybe what is considered the best song on the album, is not necessarily the title track, because the title track uh, has a specific representative meaning. For the album promotion, we've been over this. Just because it's fun and an absolute banger doesn't mean it needed to be the title track. Moving on. That is my little rant tangent. Um, But yeah, so that's their Western Musician Friends. So we're just going to wrap up this friend group with like kind of like the other type of celebrities. We've already got some, you know, the actors from Wooga Squad we mentioned earlier. So we got Park Sojun, Che Wushik, Park Hyun-sik, um, and then we also have Yo Jingu, um, who's friends with Jungkook, and they became friends like about two, three years ago through like a mutual like third party friend. It was like a friend of a friend. That's not even, like, in... It, it was literally, like, a friend of the friend that's not, like, even really in the entertainment industry that they got connected. Um, 
And then you have Jin collecting celebrity chefs like Pokemon. Um, <laughs> so Lee Yeonbuk and Beck Jongwon are celebrity chefs that Jin has posted on his Instagram and talked about um, hanging out with them. Uh, and I love that for him. I, I think everyone deserves a celebrity chef friend in their life, um, in my opinion. Yeah, Beckton One was also on uh, two run BTS yep. episodes with them. And on top of that, they still keep in touch with them. I remember during In the Soup 2, when they were figuring out how to like properly cut meat, they had like literally FaceTimed him on the show. Like, hey, how do you do this? <laughs> and so I thought it was like really cute that they do call him up like in case they need any like cooking pointers. I thought that that was cute. And so it's just nice to see them just like make friends all around. Um and I guess with that, we can pretty much conclude the list of mm-hmm. friends. And I will say again no. for the third time, yeah. we may have not gotten everybody. And honestly, we don't have time to cover everybody, but we just wanted to give you these as an example. So we spent the last, you know, hour just, you know, listing off a bunch of, you know, friends of BTS. And now... What we're going to do is tell all of you that, you know what, half of what we mentioned probably doesn't matter. Um, because, <laughs> yes, these are friendships that have, you know, been reported and talked about. But, you know, some of them, do they still exist? Um, so, like, we're just going to talk about, like, what do we know about these friendships today because I mentioned earlier that one of the two things to keep in mind was one that you know some people um they are friends but like not like best friends or maybe they're acquaintances like just because you know they exchanged you know numbers at some point doesn't mean they're like as close as people try and like force them to be and you know even sometimes people that hang out in the same friend group you have people that are closer you know you're not going to be as equally close to everyone in the friend group either and you know that's kind of the ideal situation but that's not how it always ends up working out um that's what i said for the first one and i never got to mention the second one And so the second thing I think that people need to keep in mind is that, you know, it's possible that a lot of these friendships are just, you know, people can, like, drift apart. People, you know, life gets busy and you're just not as close as you once were several years ago. Um, and there doesn't have to be, you know, malice with that. That's just, that's just part of life. Um, and I think that, uh, it can be not really a healthy mindset to, you know, hold on to this, like, friendship label when maybe they haven't spoken to each other in, like, several years and of course we don't know that um but i just want to say that you know like with some of these friendships um let's get into it you know we talked about 
BTS's friendship with GOT7. Um, I mean, we had recently gotten, uh, you know, a 97 liner update, right? So it's probably safe to say that, you know, like Jaehyun from NCT, the members of Seventeen, the members of GOT7, they're probably still close with Jungkook. I'm going to be pretty, on it, pr pretty honest, um, just because we seem to get, like, pretty, like, normal updates with them. Like, every few months, there's, like, something. So it seems to be they're still in close contact. So I feel like that is a friend group that you can say, yeah, they're friends, for sure. Um, however, you know, with, you know, some other of these friend groups, like, um, for example, uh, like the 92 liner group chat, um, with, uh, you know, Ken from Vix and Sandul from V1A4, Hani, EXID, Moonbill, Mamamoo, and like Jin, they're all in this 92 liner group chat, right? But when was, mm. like, when was the most last time this group chat was, like, mentioned by any of these people? Like, I, I feel like it's not bizarre or weird if, like, they are still in contact. But, like, they've, I've never seen them hang out. I've never seen, you know, them, you know, post pictures together and you know you don't have to do that with all your friends like just because something doesn't exist on social media doesn't mean it's not real right like you put on social media what you want people to see and that's just like one facet of your life and so I don't want people to you know twist what I'm saying and think oh so yes he has to post everything for you to believe it and it's like it's not what I'm saying I'm just thinking that if, you know, this hasn't been mentioned for, like, three, four plus years, stop trying to push, like, some best friend narrative onto these people. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because, you know, if you've just been alive for long enough, you'll know that there are people who you may actively hang out with in some instances. But then once some time has passed, you may drift apart. And I don't think that it's necessarily drifting apart in a way where there's animosity between people or like some sort of massive fallout happen. Sometimes it's just like a natural thing. It's a natural phenomenon, especially if you're only friends with somebody in a specific context. So for example, if you, I don't know, let's say you have a friend from work. Well, once you leave the job, there's a possibility that you might not be friends with that person anymore simply because you don't see them at work every day. And maybe, you know, you guys live far away from each other. So work was the only place you guys would actually talk. And so there are instances like that where sometimes, you know, situations change, circumstances change, and you're just not as close as, you know, you're not as close with some people as you were before. And I think that that is normal. And that may or may not be the case with some friendships we may not have heard about in a while. And I think that that's totally fine. And people treat it as a way bigger deal than it should be. Um, because at the end of the day, it's really not that serious. You know, sometimes you like click with people and you stay friends with them and other people, you may talk to them for a certain period of time and then you're just not friends with them anymore. And then also, you know, just the idea of, um, you know, just because 
you have talked to somebody, it doesn't mean that you're friends with them. Like, there are plenty of people I talk to simply because I have to or simply because, you know, I just happen to be in the same room as them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm spending all of my free time with them when I'm not in the same place as them. You know, I feel like, you know, a lot of people really kind of mix that up. And that's why you have a lot of these like weird compilation videos of like BTS times idol group moments. And it's literally just BTS maybe exchanging eye contact with a couple other members or maybe like bowing, bowing as they to pass them. in the hallway or something right just very very minimal bottom of the barrel content where it's like this is literally like the equivalent of saying like i don't know imagine if there's a video like daisy times delilah moments and it's like maybe a five second clip of us like shaking hands or something like what kind of sense would that make to call us besties <laughs> Luckily, we are besties, but not not because of um, people pretending we're besties, because we are. Um, I think, you know, uh, what's a really good, like, present-day example? Okay, so a lot of people, you know, I don't have anything against Monster X, okay? But, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, Monster X and BTS are friends. And, you know, I, I had cited earlier, like, just an hour ago, you know, Kihyun for Monster X, you know, he was close with Yoongi. They, at one point, they um, were staying in the same hotel, so they just talked all night um during like award shows and stuff they would be close to each other and whatnot um and like play around and joke with each other on stage um but i'm we haven't really heard you know anything from them in like several years and then also uh hyungwon and I believe it was who else was there? I think it was I am um, for Monster X. Yeah. They were at the same little party with Hobie and Namjoon, and like even though they were constantly in the same camera frame together mul- in multiple instances, I didn't really see them like talking and engaging with each other like enthusiastically. Like I'm not saying like. In, like, a bad way, but just, like, in a way where, like, it doesn't seem like they were close friends, you know? Right. And I think that's normal, like... Yeah. Like, like a lot of people assume that, like, BTS is friends with, like, everybody in the industry because they're so famous, but it's really not the case. Like, you will see how, in fact, it's even, like, almost, I would argue, the opposite. Like... For example, if you've watched um, the behind the scenes of the Jack in the Box listening party on Bang Ten TV, you know, you would see BTS getting ready together and them talking about how, like, they were so uncomfortable with the idea of meeting new people. Even Jimin, you know, talking about, he was making jokes about him hiding in the bathroom or something. Like, like a lot of the times, like, they only stayed amongst themselves it was like only a handful of people that they properly sat down and talked to that night some of which include people like jesse and tiger jk because those are people they're familiar with and are actually friends with but like most of the people there like bts didn't really interact with a lot of people 
Um, the only exception, obviously, being Hobie, because, you know, he invited all of these yeah. people. Of course, he wouldn't go and not talk to all these people that he invited to his own listening party. And he did this in the hopes where, that he could make connections with these people. Because it was basically almost like he said, um, I believe on IU's interview, that the listening party was basically him just kind of handing out his business card. And so the whole purpose of that was for him to network. So obviously, he's going to be talking with a lot more people with the attempt to actually make a connection. But with the other members, um, most of them kind of just backed off and... You know, a lot of times they kind of just waited for Hobie to kind of come back to them and then they would start talking. And um, honestly, you know, with most of BTS actually being introverted, I, I kind of don't blame them. Right. I think, you know, for some of these friendships that, you know, we haven't heard a lot about, there's like just so many different factors on why one I've noticed that like some of these the last time we heard about it was like in 2020. And COVID hit. A lot of people mm-hmm. were isolated during this time. And people, you know, changed and, you know, went through things. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, friendships, you know, came and went uh, during that. Also, um, you could say that you know perhaps um they they maybe still keep in like casual contact like maybe they're not hanging out every time they have free time but maybe they text each other every once in a while uh, hey hope you're doing great or hey saw you won an award congrats maybe it's like one of that kind of friendship and you know that that's also you know still valid um or, you know, maybe they, they just aren't as close as they once were. And I think just all of these are okay options. Um, and I don't think it's, like, necessarily fair to, like, just try and psychoanalyze every single friendship BTS has had and, like, figure out, oh, you know, why, why haven't, you know, they talked about them recently or anything like that. Like, I'm not here to do that. But um, I I just think that we have to find, like, we can't keep using the whole, oh, you know, BTS are friends with these people, so you have to, like, stop calling them flops or something. And it's like... You're saying, like, BTS are friends with these people. They haven't had, like, a public interaction with them in, like, many years. While there are artists that they are interacting with currently publicly that we can see that, yes, this is a genuine friendship. Um, I I just, like, I don't want to you know, speculate, like, deeply into their relationships with other people or anything like that. But I think we also just have to be a bit realistic. Right. I feel like taking the time to, like, go through their entire friends list or, like, the list of every single idol they've interacted with ever and trying to 
puzzle pieces together as to who's more friends than the other idol and why we haven't heard about certain friendships in a while it's it's a waste of time to do that and it's very very jobless and i feel like we just shouldn't do it you know i feel like if they take a picture with somebody we you know give it a like we keep it cute but i don't sit here like lying awake at night thinking huh i wonder why the padding squad haven't posted in a while like it's not what i'm busy thinking about and so i feel like so many people just make such a big deal out of their friendships and you know we're gonna get into why that sometimes may be in a second but it does get really really weird right you know what let's just get into it let's get into why it gets weird let's do it right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um so first of all for context like i said in the beginning of our episode the reason why we even decided to do this um in the first place is because of um jin's appearance on that one youtube interview where he was talking about his friendships and bts's friendships in general with other uh celebrities within the industry And he was asked about, you know, how many friends he has. And, you know, he was talking about how BTS don't really have that many celebrity friends because a lot of people feel pressured um, because of, you know, just their status in general. And so they kind of avoid being friends with BTS. And so that's really kind of what sparked the conversation about, you know, people um, and their basically either fear of being you know, friends with BTS because they're afraid of, I don't know, you know, because they're so famous that, uh, I don't know, maybe they're expecting some sort of backlash or maybe they're expecting some other thing. Um, but there's that fear or maybe potentially that maybe some people don't want to be friends with BTS because they're jealous of the fact that BTS are this famous and they're not. And maybe some people's egos get in the way of being friends with BTS. There's a lot of different discussions going on as to why some people aren't friends with BTS, which also sort of brought up, you know, the conversation about BTS's old friendships and why we may or may not have heard from some friendships within the past five years or so and not others. And I say five years specifically because five years ago was 2017 and that was the beginning of BTS's ascent into global stardom. So some people were speculating that maybe some people who were friends with BTS before maybe aren't now because of the fact that they've become famous and whether they were afraid or jealous of their success i don't know um but that was a lot of you know that was a lot of the conversation that was going around and people were theorizing as to who may be a part of those groups but i didn't really engage with that too much but i did note how it was kind of weird that like there are definitely some relationships that we kind of stopped hearing about around 2017 right i think the i think the issue that you know, another issue that arose out of this, well, actually, let's, let's just get into it, uh, is how basically a lot of K-pop stands, in a sense, kind of, like, weaponize these friendships where, like, they will only care about these friendships because it, like, validates their fave in the sense that 
they don't actually like BTS or care about BTS's success at all. They don't cheer for BTS's success. They're probably secretly praying for BTS's downfall. But seeing BTS hang out with, you know, like, let's say Jungkook hanging out with, you know, the 97 squad, to some people, to them, that is like a win that they have, like, stuck it, almost like they're it's almost like they're in this one-sided competition with armies and and it's and it's very bizarre yeah or almost like kind of clout twice removed like oh yeah. if they've interacted with bts and then i guess from that they kind of expect there to be this sudden influx of people interested in that particular idol simply because BTS interacted with them, which usually doesn't happen because, as people know, most armies are only fans of BTS and are at the very most casual listeners of other groups and other acts in general, but usually not as big of a stand as they are compared to their standing with BTS. And so a lot of times when people expect there to be this influx of attention towards this particular person because they interact with BTS, it usually doesn't happen, um, especially not in the way that people expect. And so that's also one weird thing that I hate about some people and the way that they act when BTS do interact with um, other idols, whether it be on music shows, award shows, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, another thing is um, the fact that, you know, people will want BTS to collab with certain K-pop artists and then get mad when they don't, when honestly their expectations for that are too high to begin with because, you know, first of all, a lot of, for example, like a lot of um, people who I see talk about BTS collabing with K-pop idols, usually the type of idols they want BTS to collab with are always like, for example, something like NCT or Stray Kids or Monster X. And it's like, do you know how big some of these K-pop groups are? Just to get seven people on a BTS song, like, it's already a lot of mixing and matching. Imagine adding, like, six, seven, eight, or in NCT's case, like, 21 or 22 extra people onto a song. How the hell do you think that's supposed to go, huh? Do you know what the line distribution is going to look like? Each member is going to get, like, 1% of all the lines, maybe. And so... Like, I feel like people don't understand how chaotic it would be. And even if it's just like, oh, I just want, like, maybe, like, one member or something, like, just to get, like, crumbs, you know? Like, the thing is, mm. though, what about these groups' musicality, like, connects with each other? Like, what, yeah. what, like, what makes you hear the songs that BTS makes and the songs that Stray Kids makes, the songs that NCT makes, and you think, ah, yes, these two shall should collab. Like, it does, like, it just doesn't make any sense, especially when you're taking songs that, you know, the NCT members themselves have written or produced. Like, stylistically, I, I don't see, I just don't see how this would work. Yeah, and this is not even us saying that, like, everything that they make is bad. I'm just saying that in terms of their style and, like, just the type of music that these other groups do, whether it's as a group or in units or solo, 
music like musically i feel like it just doesn't mesh with the type of styles that bts get into in general especially the vocal line um because you know they're the way that they do their music is just so completely different that i feel like if they were to collab on something it just would never work and honestly that's you know, probably the biggest reason why BTS has never collabed with members of another K-pop group. A lot of the collabs that BTS do with Korean musicians are outside of the K-pop industry, um, or at least tiptoeing on the border of the K-pop industry. Because I know that in cases like, for example, IU, people can debate that she's K-pop and people can debate that she's not K-pop. But at the same time, like in terms of like K-pop groups, BTS don't collab with K-pop groups. A lot of the time, it's usually soloists or duos or groups that are outside of the K-pop industry. I think it's just really annoying how, you know, there's just, I've seen people use arguments that, oh, BTS is so westernized because of the fact that they never want to collab with Korean artists and are always collabing with quote-unquote white people. And it's so frustrating because they collab with Korean artists, Asian artists, all the time they do it all the time you can make such a long list of you know the collaborations they've done with korean artists they just aren't collabing with who you want it so because they're not collabing with you know others in the idol industry people like just ignore their ignore who they are collabing with and and it's weird like, that's why we say it feels like clout, you know, twice removed. That people almost are subconsciously, like, seeking this validation by having BTS collab with someone that, realistically, they wouldn't collab with. Right. And another issue I have with this is the fact that you know, a lot of people who say that BTS are still Westerners because they don't collab with K-pop artists, it's just completely boiling down the entire of Korea and its music industry to K-pop when the music industry is so much more broad and diverse than that. And K-pop is simply a subsection of the general Korean music industry. And I feel like, especially like with international K-pop fans, like that's the biggest problem I have with them, that they simply just boil everything down to like this K-pop label. And that if BTS aren't operating within that label, then they're westernized, even though there's so many Korean artists that are outside of the K-pop label that are active, that are also popular and successful and impactful. But these K-pop fans will never, ever acknowledge them. And so that's how you get stuff like, oh, BTS are so westernized, even though they're still collabing with people like Epic High and Tiger JK, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, the Korean artists are right there. It's just that you guys don't stand those Korean artists. Like, where were you when Sexy New Kim dropped? Like, where were you when 8 dropped? Where were you when Winter Flower dropped? Like, there were so many different collabs that BTS has done with Korean or just Asian people in general that k-pop fans have never collectively supported and i think that that is just something that always frustrates me about this conversation because of the fact that so many people are just in this k-pop bubble that they can never just like 
discuss anything outside of it and they think that this is just all that korea is which is an incredibly harmful take exactly like there's a reason why the the term idol music exists over there and it's because there's like just a certain sound that you know is associated i I don't know it's it's difficult because you know k-pop is so broad you do so many creative interesting you know things like musicality wise in k-pop but i feel like there's still an expectation there's still a structure there's still like um like there's a style that comes with how k-pop is presented that really makes it idol music um and the fact that people just like still don't get that it's really annoying and now what we're gonna uh talk about is the next thing that is really i what i feel is like the real hot topic of this whole debate this whole discourse about how you know during fan wars K-pop fans are saying, you know, armies, you shouldn't be rude. You shouldn't be saying this because, you know, they're, quote, friends with BTS, end quote. And so, like, I guess, so it's not, as we wrote here in our notes, it's not inherently a problematic statement. Like, hey, you know, how would you feel if, or how would BTS feel if, you know, they saw people writing, you know, all these mean things about, you know, their peers. But the the reason why a lot of, you know, these statements just rub us the wrong way is that these same people who are saying, hey, you shouldn't, you know, be mean um, because, you know, BTS is, you know, friends with the person you're being mean with. Um, they never say this when their own fandom or their co-fandom, is being rude to BTS, despite supposedly their faves being friends with them. That, the, the logic uh, is, is just not there. So, it's not okay for armies to say this about, you know, so-and-so. Because, hey, friendship. But, like, when it comes to everyone else saying all the nasty things about BTS... Suddenly, those friendships are not there. Right. It just absolutely baffles me the way that people have, like, such blatant double standards when it comes to their faves in BTS. Like you were talking about, so many people will say, oh, you can't drag so-and-so because BTS are friends with them. And what would BTS think if you went and dragged their besties? They're literally cuddling as we speak. When in actuality, first of all, they're probably not cuddling as we speak. And if anything, they're likely simply just exchanging polite emails once every month. (laughs) And second of all, even if like this grace is never extended towards BTS because whatever happened to like, it's like every time that BTS is dragged for something, I never see these same people in the comments and like quote tweets of their own fandom saying, oh, stop, Uh, they're friends with BTS. Like you shouldn't drag them because they're our fave's friends or whatever. It's always just this being said to armies. And so it's clear that people 
are not really caring that much about BTS's friendships with these idols, but are simply just using that friendship as a way to avoid accountability in fan wars. And fan wars are already stupid as is. And yes, both people are usually in the wrong to some extent, but the way that people just constantly make it such a one-sided thing and make it seem like only armies are fully responsible for what's going on and that we're always the toxic ones when there are so many hate tweets I've seen over the past four years I've been active on Twitter that have gotten tens of thousands of likes and not once have I ever seen a k-pop fan use that same rhetoric in defense of BTS. BTS has never been collectively defended by the K-pop industry at any point in time. And anyone who's not an ARMY who has defended BTS or even defended the fandom has been dogpiled by K-pop fans because they don't ever want to accept the fact that BTS or armies could ever be a victim in any circumstance. And this is why I just never... Like, the people who say stuff like this, like, oh, BTS is friends with this person, you shouldn't drag them, I never take them seriously. It's the same way I don't take mediators seriously, as in, like, when I say mediators, I mean people who try and mediate fan wars online and just... Because a lot of times they tend to miss the context. You know, they'll see two people fighting and just say, stop fighting, and then just, like, not even... I ask what the problem is, what the art, like, why they're fighting, and what steps could be taken to solve this issue. They just say stop fighting and then expect people to stop fighting the same way that, you know, Dora would say swiper, no swiping to swiper, and he just snap his fingers and run away. Like, that's not how real life works, okay? You know, if you want to get to the heart of a problem, you're going to have to do some digging and you're going to have to talk to both sides. But simply just coming in and saying stop fighting and then assuming that everyone's going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya together, it's not going to work. And so I tend to hold those two types of people on the same level. And that's honestly why I just stopped caring whenever people tell me stuff like BTS is friends with so-and-so. I don't care because at the end of the day, just because BTS may have interacted with them, because again, you know, we've just said that BTS isn't besties with every single person that they interact with. So in the event that BTS isn't even as close with that person as they say they are, um, even still, you know, just because they've interacted with them, that doesn't mean that I personally have to like them. That's not me saying that, like, people have free reign to absolutely dog on them when they don't deserve it. But at the same time, why should I have to go out of my way to be nice or overly nice to this person when I don't really care for them? Yeah, like, okay, BTS are friends with them. That's cool. Um, I'm not, though. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 am I what else am I supposed to say right? Um, so and a lot of the times, you know, the people they'll claim, you know, are close friends with BTS aren't actually that close with them. Um, and I, I I'm just, I'm just so so tired of you know people trying to use like these friendships as some like stop sign as like some red flag to be like hold up actually uh what you're doing is um against the rules because um as you can see according to um bts's friendship with so-and-so 
and I, it just, it, it, it's always avoided. It's so avoided. It's always never focusing on the topic at hand and the context at hand. Exactly. And so, you know, because of that, that's why you'll see a lot of armies just really, you know, not care, um, especially in the case of, you know, BTS interacting with certain K-pop idols, however little or however much that th that may be, um, you know, especially because like so many people try and force friendships like we just talked about, like, especially, for example, with like, um, you know, BTS and like girl group members, especially Blackpink. There's always the most popular type of interactions. Blackpink and BTS have never had a genuine interaction in their whole careers. I'm saying it right now, like the like acknowledging each other at like mama awards is just like something every k-pop group does when they see each other because it's just respectful like they're you stop making up these friendships they they've never interacted never right and on top of that like yeah sure maybe they may have danced to like one or two of blackpink songs but like bts you know they do that for everybody like if a song is popular they're gonna have heard it and they're probably gonna have danced to it and so, I mean, that really doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things. Um, but that's pretty much the only, that's like the closest that you'll ever get to like a BTS Blackpink interaction. Um, because now it's just gone to the point where people are just making stuff up about how apparently Young and Jenny are dating, which is just so like, I think we've already talked about this in the previous episode, yeah. but those rumors are just totally fake. And they've gotten out of their way to edit pictures of Young and Jenny together. Um... And it's a mess. Um, you can see that people are desperate. But, you know, it's stuff like this that just really leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. Because it's like, why are you trying to force this friendship? And honestly, you know, with all the reasons that we've given so far, it now makes sense why people try and force this. Because, you know, when they try and, you know, make it seem like BTS are friends with their faves, because, like, they can get that residual clout that we were talking about. And on top of that, they can get almost like a get-out-of-jail-free card during fan wars. Exactly. And both of those are just, like, terrible, terrible ways to just weaponize friendships between bts or at least weaponized non-existent ones um you know of bts and other people it's just such a horrible thing to do yeah i think you know with that i think we're good to kind of just what should we take away from all of this so how do we treat you know bts's friendships with other you know, people. Because like I said earlier, we spent the whole first hour, you know, just lifting off, like, different reported friendships um, that BTS have with these people. Um, and you're free to take some of those friendships with a grain of salt if you want to. Um, especially if, you know, it's probably someone that maybe they haven't, you know, mentioned or spoke about recently at all. Um, we wanted to just include, you know, the the people that we see most often BTS be associated with and people say, hey, you know, so-and-so are friends and you're being mean about their best friend. And it's like they're not 
best friends. Um, or, you know, maybe you want to still believe um, that they are, and that is also okay, because honestly, some of these we genuinely don't know. Um, but right. I do think that there just is too much of the time where BTS takes a picture with someone, um, and it's just automatically assumed, oh, like, they are close friends. Remember when BTS took a picture with them, um, in, like, 2017, blah, 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 blah. Like, some people are just acquaintances. That's it. Nothing more. Yep. And that's okay. Yeah, honestly, I feel like people just need to leave it at that. If BTS really aren't interacting with a certain person, just leave it at that. I promise you it is not that serious. You're not going to die because BTS has not properly interacted with your faves. You're not going to die if they don't mention your fave by name. Uh, you're not going to die if um, people point out that you have double standards towards armies when it comes to fan wars. And I think that at the end of the day, like, just let BTS tell us when they're friends with people. I feel like a lot of people just like to make assumptions based off of, I won't even say educated guesses because a lot of times they're very uneducated. Very uneducated. <laughs> right. And so because of that, I feel like, it's just gotten so muddled to the point where no one is entirely sure who's friends with BTS and who isn't because people are just been people have just been making so many guesses that like it's just it's just too much. And I feel like we should just sit back and let BTS show us, and that's if they want to show us who they're friends with, because I promise you it is so much better to just get information from the source rather than trying to do all this speculation and theorizing, especially in a way that's like super invasive and just trying to gauge how close somebody is to BTS. I think that that's very jobless behavior, to be very honest with you. And there are better ways to spend your time. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we were talking about, all this proximity to BTS is just a very poor way to avoid criticism against certain people. And especially when the person in question actually does deserve the criticism, because that's also, you know, something that happens when somebody gets dragged for something they did that's actually problematic. Then sometimes people step in and be like, you can't drag them. BTS is friends with them. And it's like, oh, well, okay. But what they did is still bad. For example, when, you know, BTS back in their debut days used to talk about how they used to listen to like a lot of Big Bang. And then the whole Burning Sun scandal came out with Sungri. People were talking about how we couldn't drag them because BTS used to look up to them. And it's like, well, this is literally a case of, you know, a whole sex trafficking ring that's going on. I think we're in our right to criticize. Also, it was just dumb because it's like pretty much like every young idol would like look up to Big Bang because they were like one of the biggest groups. So like you're not saying anything. <laughs> like you're adding nothing to to the discussion. <laughs> Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, like Big Bang being inspiration or being looked up to by uh, younger generation K-pop groups wasn't a new concept. Um, but, you know, VIPs have clung on to it for so long because Big Bang has faded out of relevancy years and years ago. I mean, the Burning Sun scandal was really what accelerated their downfall. 
Um, but now, even though they had come back recently with a song, um, it did not completely take over the world like they thought it would. Like so many people used to say, oh, just wait till Big Bang comes back. Then they're going to take their rightful place as the kings of K-pop and they're going to surpass BTS and do all this stuff. And they came back and they made no noise. Like they did, like surprisingly, it did like really well on the charts in like South Korea. But like that was it. It was, it was, you know, just a small blip on the radar, you know what I mean? Like, it was not like this global, you know, takeover that VIPs were saying it was gonna be. Yeah, a lot of people, like, yeah, sure, it was, like, popular domestically, but people were really expecting it to be doing BTS numbers, like, internationally. And obviously, it's just gotten to the point where BTS has pulled so far ahead that even the most iconic of groups from back then could never even dream to do what BTS has done at this moment in time. Because not only has their popularity petered off as their fans have moved to other groups, but also because a lot of K-pop fans, and we've talked about this in earlier episodes, are kind of lazy because armies have given them the blueprint as to how you can make your faves internationally successful and they don't want to follow it and they keep on saying that we're number obsessed and we're chart obsessed and blah 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 and so they don't actually give their faves the support that they should be getting and then they end up flopping and then you know they come and cry to us saying that oh bts didn't pave the way because if they paved the way then how come my fave is still flopping your fave is still flopping because you didn't stream the song but that's a completely different conversation i digress but at the same time, it's these types of people, you know, um, especially with the example I just gave of Big Bang, who will try and cling to BTS and like the secondhand clout that they can get from it or like the clout twice removed, because that's the only way that their faves can stay relevant. And that's just really, you know, the reality today, because BTS being as big as they are, you know, they can give so much exposure to things um, that they, I guess, kind of approve. Um, so when it comes to their friendships, obviously, people are going to try and look for a way to connect their faves to BTS in any way that they can. And if it means that they have to completely fabricate a friendship that doesn't exist, then that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I think that... Um... At the end of the day, what we see often is A, people fabricating these friendships, making them deeper than they are, to B, deflect criticism of, you know, the idol or group or whatever, or B, um, as they're doing this, um, they always do it you know just to make armies like seem toxic but we'll never call out um the other people in their fandom they will never say hey x group is friends with bts why would you say that etc etc like that i've never seen that once in my whole life on the many, many years I have been here, never seen it, but I have seen a lot of um, what BTS are friends with. And that, to me, it just shows that, you know, these people 
they don't really care about the friendships like that. I, I, it just, it, it's all very performative and it's just, um, trying to, you know, emotionally appeal to armies, but it's, but it is, it's not going to work. Like we see through you. Exactly. And so I guess, you know, to kind of wrap up when it comes to BTS's friendships, y'all need to stop faking them. And if BTS, you know, wants to let us know who they're friends with, they're going to let us know on their own time in their own pace. And it's not up to us to be doing all this detective work because not only is it super invasive and weird, it's just generally jobless behavior. And I think that there are just so many ways in which we can avoid so much of the conversation that goes on on Twitter. If we just simply just let BTS you know, give us this information themselves, whether it's, you know, who they take pictures and videos with on Instagram, whose concerts they're going to, et cetera, et cetera. BTS will tell us. That's all you need to know. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, with that, uh, I, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. You can um, tell us about it. Uh, we, we love seeing your tweets on Twitter. Uh, where you can, um, you know, tag us. Also, you can, um, you know, leave a like and review on this podcast because we always forget to say that at the end of our episodes because it kind of is a little bit cringy um, whenever I say it. <laughs> um, it is. <laughs> but, but, but we got we to gotta promote ourselves, you know what I mean? Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I, I hope uh that um this episode wasn't uh, a bit too um over the place um this episode is a bit longer than um our recent ones but we really wanted to just like set a foundation um and then kind of crumble it <laughs> so i hope you so i hope you enjoyed that um and yeah we'll catch you guys next time all right bye for now <laughs>